Hello friends, welcome to or welcome back to a Runner's Life podcast. In this episode, I speak with Simon Fearon. In the conversation with Simon, I'm going to be sounding quite bunged up, but the reason is because I decided to do two marathons in seven days. And whilst I'm proud to have run sub three in both, I wasn't quite prepared for the payback. And understandably, my immune system taken a big kicking. Couple that on top of parenting, my kids having cold as well. It was just a perfect breeding ground. But anyhow, this episode is about Simon. We've been working together just under a year now. And his main goal was to run a sub three hour marathon, which is a challenging goal for most people. And the thing that really intrigued me about Simon was similar to myself, he was another black guy. And I really felt invested in him as a person and the reasons why he wanted to do it. But also as a test for me, because I'm still a relatively new coach and I'm still learning you know, coaching isn't just about handing people training plans. It's about understanding people's lives and trying to understand what works best for them. Sometimes I think one of the biggest tests of your understanding is how well you can explain it to someone else. And granted, not everyone's going to run a sub three hour marathon, regardless of what your time is. I'm just talking about in context of Simon here. So for me, it was really important to see whether I could take my own learning running sub three and transfer it over to Simon. And to be clear, the way that I was trained to do sub three, I did it completely different to the way I trained Simon. And I'm not trying to say I reinvented the wheel. I adapted it to his circumstances to see him do the work and get through it and go through the doubts and then come out the other side is incredible. I think it's probably one of the biggest highlights I've had for my own running because when you help someone else, it's just incredible. I'm really grateful for being able to have this opportunity. And in this conversation, we talk a little bit about the race, the build-up, the training, some of the challenges, some of the funny moments between coach and athlete and the dynamics of how that all works together. It's an interesting one because in the build-up, I didn't really want to put the pressure on him or make it a social media thing about, hey, here I am trying to get another black runner to run a sub three. But it was really important to me to do that, especially in my home city, London. And as it turned out, he got sub three and I got sub three, my first sub three in London. And if anyone's been following my journey for a while, last year I ran three hours and six seconds in London and I was understandably not happy. But when I look back at it now, I can sort of see that these things happen for a reason and I couldn't have picked a better way to get a sub three. So thank you to Simon. And yeah, thank you for allowing me to work with you to help you achieve your sub three goal. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next steps look like. This episode is supported by Tracksmith. And if you've been following my journey recently, you can see that Tracksmith have recently opened a store in London at Chilterton Street. So check that out, stay tuned to the news for that. It's also marathon season, so you've probably seen a lot of the stuff with the pop-ups that we've done in Berlin. I know there's one recently in Chicago. And we're wrapping up with the last and the final pop-up at New York City Marathon one of my favorite races to take part in. The atmosphere is incredible. And although I've run it several times, I am seriously jealous of everyone running it again that gets the opportunity to run New York because it's such a special race. I want to say a big thank you to my patrons because you make this possible and the people that support the show. Okay, but with that being said, let's head to the conversation with Simon. Hi Simon, welcome to a Runner's Life podcast. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. And you've recently run a sub three marathon, which we're going to talk about. But behind that, 
we've been working together, work as a coach, working as you know a team to, to get you to that stage. And it's been a, an incredible experience. But before we do that, can you talk a little bit about what a runner's life means to you? For me, it's, um, it's just the day in, day out of getting up and, and moving. It doesn't have to necessarily be like me, like you're running. It just means just moving and moving forward step by step and progressing. So I like to use the terminology also similar to like the runner's life is your mile is your mile. And it doesn't have to do anything with, you know, running or running a mile. It's just all about just like you taking control of your life, moving forward and it's at your speed and you just being in charge of your direction and how you want to kind of like conduct yourself and be happy with yourself and kind of like just, you know, show the best you to the rest of the world. And that's kind of like what a runner's life is, um, means to me in, in, in just a, a different spin on it in my own way. So I guess by being your best self, then you could be your best self for other people. Yeah, I think that's important. I always say to people, you have to be a bit selfish. If you kind of like not good within yourself, you're not going to be good for anybody else even like, you know, to help other people out, to be there for your family, your friends and your your, your kids and stuff like that. So that's kind of how, how I look at it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as I've alluded to, we've been working together, coaching. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about? The lockdown, I think 2020, I decided to get off the couch again and start running a little bit more. I mean, previous jobs I had, I used to have to travel really far to work and I didn't couldn't get in as much running in as I wanted to so that kind of like led to me not running for about a year or two on a regular basis so during the lockdown I was kind of like putting on a little bit of weight and I decided I needed to kind of get rid of the weight so I decided to put the running shoes back on again and and get back into running and then you know just as you do you kind of like everybody was home looking at YouTube and things like that and the idea of just starting the idea of running a marathon just appealed to me for some reason so I took it as a challenge. I mean, everybody was signing up to like virtual races and things like that. I applied to get into the London Marathon that year, but I didn't get a place. So what I ended up doing is running the marathon on the day of the virtual marathon. I ran a big loop from my house around a big part of Richmond Park down the Thames Path and then into Battersea and then back home. When I looked at it, I kind of like finished at three hours ten. Previously, before that, I never thought I would run a marathon at all. I had a ex-girlfriend of mine. She was a really good athlete. She ran in Division Two. She got a scholarship to the U.S. And just having conversations with her, I think, kind of put me off of the marathon, or not put me off. I would say just scared me of the distance and the thought of running that that far. So I always thought that if I was going to do that distance, it would be part of Ironman because I was really into kind of like um, triathlons about eight nine years ago. That's kind of like how the idea of just basically running a marathon and kind of like getting a little bit more into the marathon mindset and running kind of like came about. So when you talk about the 310, was that for the virtual race or was that for the trail marathon? Just for the context for the listeners. The 310 was for the virtual marathon that I ran. From what some of my friends said when they looked at the actual course that I chose to run for myself, they said it was quite lumpy and, and stuff like that. So that was kind of like my first actual time running that that distance, 262 and that was just basically just to see if I could do it. It was for the fun of it, you know. So I did, like most people did that time in during that period, strapped on a, a running vest, got some water bottles, threw that in there, had some gels, and you know, the morning of, pressed the start button on the watch, and then just ran. <laughs> 
three ten for the virtual or to do it yourself wanted to get involved then you actually went to do another marathon afterwards didn't you yeah so the following year 2021 my partner her parents are from the midlands up in the rutland area so just to kind of like you know kill two birds with one stone i wanted to have a little bit of fun which i you know everybody would runs a marathon wouldn't say that's fun i don't think it was fun either afterwards or even during the last couple of miles of it i decided to enter the rutland um, marathon part of the course i had run before because i was just you know run, out there running and having a little bit of fun so during that summer went up there and did a bit of the course itself and then on the day there was like basically the last half of it i never had ran before and there was a point of it when i probably got to about 16 or 17 miles and I'm running down some of these towpaths and people are like, oh, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. I'm like, okay, thanks. And then some people were like saying to me, oh, you're actually in the front. I thought they were kind of pulling my leg. Just kept on running and I got to about mile 23, 24. And there's like a steep hill towards the end of the course. And I saw the hill. And I mean, it's really very steep. And I saw it and I kind of was like, what am I doing? And I actually wanted to stop. And I pretty much was pittering pattering up the hill but i was still running fortunately because for some reason in my head i always kind of say if i'm going to do something like that i don't want to walk got up the hill and then came down it and then i remember as i was getting to about mile 23 24 i pulled a gopro out and i kind of said to myself i'm really getting grumpy this is not fun anymore i just want it to finish got to the finish line and crossed it you know was thankful that I fit, actually finished it because it was quite lumpy and it was quite a little bit demoralizing at that point and I was just in the hurt zone. Got to the finish line, crossed the line and then the lady at the finish line walked up to me and she goes, oh, did you do the marathon? I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, I think you won. And I was like, what do you mean you think I won? She was like, um, I think you won the race, the marathon. And I was like, I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. It turned out that I did win it and the people that were on the course when they were cheering me on and saying that I'm in the front weren't pulling my leg and I was quite actually shocked and gobsmacked to be honest. So I um, ended up winning my first actual official marathon against the clock in in Rutland and I did um, I think 305, 306 if I remember correctly. That's an incredible time for your first one. So when you crossed the finish line, did they have any sort of tape there to let you know? Was it kind of told afterwards? wasn't no tape it was just literally just crossed the line and I was quite shocked because even before when I started it I kind of like told my partner I said I should be roughly around three hours three hours 20 because I was just basing off the time that I ran the year before and when I actually set out to do that race I was like okay if I get under um 310 great <laughs> that would be fabulous but you know I just wanted to finish to see if I could do it and, and it was against the clock so just the fact that I one finished it Two, the course was quite lumpy because it was basically trail and road and it was kind of curvy and lots of switchbacks and ups and downs. And the fact that I won, it was a bit of a shock to me. So it was quite funny in a roundabout way. So It's incredible achievement though for the first race. But what did breaking three mean to you? Why did you want to run three? And why did you come to me as opposed to anyone else? There was two things. I think it just intrigued me because like when I first did, the first marathon, I was following a, quite a few people on, on YouTube and on Instagram. And it, it seemed like, you know, and they were all talking about Boston qualifying times and BQs. And at that point, I didn't know what a BQ was. 
I didn't know what the BQ stand for, so I had to, you know, silly Google it and kind of go, okay, BQ in running terms, it means Boston qualifying time. And then it was just like, it seemed like three hours was like a really major achievement for a lot of a lot of runners. And then when I did my the virtual one and I got to like three ten, there was a point where I was running and I think I was coming through um, on the Thames Path and I hit Battersea Park. And I remember this guy running. I don't know if he was running virtually or whatever, because there was a lot of people running with bibs and stuff like that. And I remember just kind of seeing him in the distance. And I felt that I could catch him or I was using him as a guide to keep me motivated for the last couple of miles um, before I got home and it was actually finished. And I remember fumbling for a gel in uh, in my vest at the time, my running vest, and I couldn't get the gel. So I had to literally slow down completely to, to get it. And... I remember him taking off and just kind of really just, it felt like he was taking off kicking. And at the same time, I got the gel and I sucked it down and I kind of, you know, started running and I could still see him in the distance. But when I finished it, it just really annoyed me that the fact that I could have potentially got close to three hours and I didn't. And I thought that that was the little part just when I was messing around with the gel and I saw this guy out there what I was using as like a kind of like a pacer and it kind of like upset me. And I was like, Oh, maybe I could have done it. Maybe I didn't like really believe in myself enough. So that's kind of like why I kind of thought it was a good idea to, to try it. It was more of like a, a, a thing for myself to do, to see if I could just do it. And considering that I'd like never really thought about running a marathon before that year, or even, you know, previously the fact that I felt that I could potentially get under three hours if I kind of, really focused in on it and got a few things right and learned um, from things. And then also the fact that, you know, I came across your podcast and, you know, listening to your story about, you know, your trials and, you know, the frustrations of you having this goal and not being able to get there. And I remember listening to um, one of your podcasts at the time and you was talking about just really focusing in and kind of, you know, how close you had been to breaking the three before and how you just missed it. And then some of the, you know, the posts I think you put on Instagram kind of like saying to yourself like, oh, I'm going to wrap myself up in wool for the next couple of days because I really want to get this goal. And and it kind of got me thinking like, you know, you're having like, your thoughts were in line with mine and it kind of inspired me in a way to kind of want to do it as well. But for me, it was more like just not trying to compete with anybody else, but just kind of to see if I could do it myself, considering that I was new to like the distance running thing considering I had like you know when I was in college and uh, I only ran two and four hundred meters no that's fair and I'm still quite early on in my uh, coaching experience and for me it was a challenge to see whether I could get someone else to sub three from what I had done and with the help of my previous coach we got there but training that we did was completely different to the way that I was trained to do it so for me it was a really good learning experience to see whether I could translate something new Obviously not new, not, not trying to say like I'm reinventing running or training because it's not the case. You just take a lot of fundamentals and you apply them, but just different fundamentals in a different way to your situation and to see if it can work. So, and also being another brother out there and just to try to help someone else. So it's not just you doing it alone. I think it was a big motivator for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that was one of the, like one of the things what, what kind of, you know, made me reach out to you. One is like, you know, your experiences of kind of like, trying to do it and kind of just missing it the other thing was like there's a lot of coaches out there (laughs) what are kind of like 
have a lot of experience in different areas, you know. And for me, it was just more of like, okay, somebody's going to start somewhere. And it was more of like me starting somewhere with somebody was starting fresh and that person having a fresh slate with me too, in a way where it was just kind of like, I'm a blank canvas, you're a blank canvas. Let's see if we can write something on a cam- piece of canvas and it's make, um, hopefully it kind of comes out with a goal that we both want. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we would have got there no matter what, eventually as a team. But I think that, you know, the way that we worked over the, like, I guess the year or so um, accelerated that process, <laughs> so to speak, I think. I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that for my third actual marathon that I would have got anywhere close to being under three hours if it wasn't kind of like for your guidance and even the experience you've had with, you know, your training and, um, you know, the experience you had kind of like missing your main objective of getting under three a few times. I think I, I think I was, I followed you in, there was a post where you put like, you just missed it by a couple of seconds. So that kind of like was like, okay, inspired me too, in a way that you had like those obstacles or challenges where you just kind of missed your your goal and you finally got under it. So that kind of was interesting to me too. So that's kind of why I, like I could, you know, relate to you. And I felt like, you know, if I was going to try it and, you know, get somebody to coach me, like I felt that you would probably be the best person for me. No, I appreciate that. And I know a lot of coaches that might be listening to us would be saying that like with someone who showed 310 in your first virtual, then 305, 306 for your second race, like you would literally have to completely mess that up to get you sub three. So I know a lot of coaches would be like, well, I would have done that myself. And, you know, potentially they would have done as well. But no, I appreciate obviously, you know, you work with me and we targeted a few races. We got the opportunity to run the London Marathon and that's where you did your sub three and that's our first marathon block and it just as much as I can sort of say the stuff that we did I mean a lot of it goes down to you as well in terms of just what you have to work with and what you brought to the table as well and that makes obviously things definitely easier for my side as well so as much as I was steering some bit most of it is you doing it and unless you've got that sort of collaboration for both sides it just doesn't really work but that's what it is it's just it's teamwork and you know and the communication so I guess for people who are listening, they're probably going to want to know what did the training kind of look like in the build-up. Can you talk about maybe one of the sessions that gave you the confidence that you were going to run sub three? I think it was like some of the sessions towards the end of the training block where I was having to do roughly about two hours and then there was a bits of tempo tossed in there. Yeah, those, those are the ones that gave me the confidence. And I think for me, it was more of realizing that I could go those distances and maintain a certain kind of like clip per mile and I, and I remember having conversations with you and kind of like saying oh I'm actually quite shocked at myself that I actually ran that quick especially at you know 16 17 miles I was quite surprised that my body can actually do those things so that's kind of like where, where it was for me and that gave me the confidence that you know potentially that I could could get under the three hours like before I didn't I, I thought I could but I didn't think that I could so it was like me having self-doubt like I, I could do it, but I thought, you know, the body wouldn't allow me to do it. Prior to that, there were kind of doubts and we were having those conversations where, you know, we were sort of talking about trusting pace and what does pace look like? What does a marathon pace feel like? What should it be? Should it be this? And we were working in different things to try to take you away from focusing on the pace and just try to get you to uh, focus on sort of trusting your, your body. It'd be interesting to sort of hear your thoughts about kind of 
those early conversations that we were having at the beginning, starting fresh and you're just like, is this really going to work? Is this really the right thing to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is one of the things what I would say that I, I can't learn. Like before, like you said, I was just, at the beginning, I was focusing on pace. And towards the end, and even during the marathon, I was just focusing on how does it feel? And then kind of really focusing on my heart rate. I think towards the end of the training block, I was really focusing on how does it feel? I played less attention to kind of like what the watch was saying to, to me. I would only look at it after the fact, not during the runs. And I think that was the key for me to understand how I felt during certain periods. How did it feel? And then, you know, what kind of like I would say was confusing to me or was a shock to me it was like I thought I was, you know, struggling. But then when you, I looked at the workouts afterwards, I wasn't struggling compared you know, or wasn't really struggling as much as I thought I was. So there was probably a little bit more. And that was because I was focusing more on how I felt and not looking at it. I think if I was looking at things, it would have kind of put a little bit more of a shock to the system. Like, oh, I'm going too slow or I'm going too fast or I need to do this or I need to do that. But because I kind of, from what you told me to do and kind of how you kind of structured things and kind of, kind of like subtly told me, like, you need to focus on the feeling instead of looking at the watch as much, use the watch as a guide, but then goes on what you physically physically can do. I think that really helped towards the end of the block. And it definitely did help when I was actually um, running the marathon itself. Yeah, for sure. And I don't want other people from the other side who might play devil's advocate to talk about pace because pace is important. And I think there's a certain time and place to be focusing on pace and maintaining that within certain sessions or, you know, key workouts or whatnot but i think what we were trying to do just to give a bit of context was i could see that there was a lot of focus on the pace and it was almost becoming a blocker to you actually being your best runner your best self and sometimes we can get so focused on it not not just not just that you focus at you but i've had it in my own running and i've seen it with other people that it can actually stop you from being like your best self and we did a couple of things to kind of help create a bit of space between that working on effort working on heart rate and like you said, like when you're running, it feels, it's uncomfortable. It feels challenging. But then you come back, you think, well, I've, I've done that. So like there's more in the tank. And then as you kind of keep progressing through those different workouts, those different threshold levels, you can start to see the progress. And I think that was a really cool thing to see in you as well. You know, you kind of take it forward and run with it literally. And also just to bring a bit of background to it as well. You know, you've got a demanding job, you've got two kids, you've got a partner as well. So we definitely had to find ways to work around training as well. And it wasn't just like trying to like beast you out there. It was trying to make sure that you were getting the best out of it, but also making sure that you were recovering as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things what was cool about like how like how we ended up working together and setting things up is that there were some weeks where it was just like, here goes the training plan. Just make sure you don't do, you know, two workouts back to back. And you can't left me to it. And then there was other weeks where it was like, Simon, you need to do this on this particular day, on this particular time, and just focus on that. I, I don't, you know. And then there was, I remember at some point, there was a week where I, I kind of like, I would say fell off the wagon, so to speak. And then you kind of like sent me a message like, like, dude, if you want to get this three hours, um, we need to make sure we're consistently um, hitting this 50 mile <laughs> thing. And I looked at the message and I was like, Oh, I'm getting towed off a little bit. But then the funny thing is about probably eight or nine weeks later, you text me and you kind of was like, oh, dude, 
do you know that you've just done about eight or nine weeks where you've done like 55 miles plus every week? And then I, I kind of, like, when I saw the message, I went straight to Strava and I looked at the Strava and I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, there was this, a few 60 mile weeks in there. And I, I was like, oh, this is why I'm so tired. <laughs> this is why I'm like really so hungry all the time. <laughs> Cause I've done a few 60 mile weeks. Cause it, it was to a point where it was the consistency of it. And like, I was, you know, going up and down the, in the miles, roughly around 60 miles a week, 55, 60 miles a week. And for me, I've, I never did that kind of volume. But the thing about it, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was fun. I mean, there was a period, I think maybe two or three weeks before London, or it might've been after the big half. I can't remember which one it was. And you sent me a, a week's worth of work and I was looking at it and I was like, I thought I was going to get a rest week this week. And I was like, is Marcus mad? What is he doing to me? I was crying like a baby. And I would say that I think that one week was a, a real character building week for me because I was a bit ticked off of you. I didn't send you any message for the for the whole week. But at the same time, I was like, I'm going to show him I could do this week. And I was kind of like in my head cussing for the whole week. I was like, I'm going to do this. Because it was one of those weeks where you gave me like two doubles and something else in there. And I was like, this guy's crazy. He's going to kill me. <laughs> and I was cussing. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this week. I'm going to do this week. I'm going to do it. And I did every run on that week. And I think that week helped a lot. As funny as it sounds, even though at the time I didn't really want to do it. But yeah, I think that one kind of really, really helped. <laughs> yeah, I think with training wise, though, you never give someone more than you think they can't handle. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think in regards to that training week, I think just to give a bit of context, I think it was probably quite close to the big half marathon. So the way that we approached it was we weren't going to do a big build up and do a, an Instagram flex and you do a massive PB there. I was just like, I want you to go in there tired like you like you're doing a regular week and I want you to run it like you're doing a new marathon pace at the end of the week and then I want you to finish that and then I want you to start the week again because we're so close to London this is not the time to kind of fall off and you have to really choose like how much you're going to go into the world if you're going to go and race a half that close to a marathon you've got to be like very confident in your ability and recovery to to, to make sure you can pull it off so I can see why you're sort of Man, listen, when I, when, I, when I saw that thing, man, I was crying like a baby. I was like, is, is this guy crazy or what, man? I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, right, there, there's a, a running buddy of, of, of ours what came over for, from Germany, and I met him at the, at the Tracksmith Shakeout run. And he came over, and me and him was talking, and he was like, oh, I've been watching your Strava. And he was like, your, your, your training it was pretty intense after the big half and, and before. And I, and I remember turning around to him and saying to him, I'm glad you saw that because I was thinking the same thing. And, and I turned around to him and I said to him, I'm a novice to this marathon thing. So, but I was like not expecting to see so much running at that particular time. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a downtime. And he said to me, no downtime before the marathon, bro. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, was, I thought I was going to get a little bit of a rest. And he turned around to me and was like, yes, I was thinking the same thing. In his German accent, I can't do a very good German accent, but yeah, he said the same thing. And I was like, as long as you know, I thought was thinking the same thing I was thinking, but I was the one who had to do it. And that's what I kind of said to him. And he just giggled at me. <laughs> but, when, but when I kind of hit the goal, he was like, ah, oh, good job. So, but it was funny that he thought the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> But that's the thing, though. Like beforehand, you think like it's crazy, it's intense because it feels like you're the only one doing it. Like it goes to show, like it helps you get that sub freeze. It's required. You got to have that that level of consistency, and it kind of goes back to the conversations well before. Was like, you know, you you 
you structure the training to work to get the best out of that person depending on the lifestyle and recovery and things like that sometimes it'd be like this is what you need to do per week but then i'd sometimes give you a little bit of rope these are the workouts i want you to do make sure you split it between these days and then the bits where you know you'd ease off a bit i'd be like simon if you want to get some free we this is the standard we need to get so there's no uncertain terms I'd, I'd give you like rope but i'd never let you like fall off do you know what i mean and then you picked up and you ran with it literally and you know you did the work and like i said there, there could have been more stuff we could have done or whatever but i was, was just trying to give you like the maximum life I, I wanted to at that time without pushing you too far over but i needed to make sure that was enough that it still work and you know what the funny thing is like i think it was maybe the week before the actual marathon itself i was going to kind of get a little bit i think with the kids and stuff in the house not allowing me to sleep so i was literally waking up like with no energy at, at all in the mornings because uh, you know a lot of people if you look at my struggle i normally do my runs at like about five thirty in the morning um just so i can get everything in but the reason why i started doing it at five thirty in the morning is two things when i couldn't run as much and then i worked far further away I would see people out early in the mornings and I would be going off to work at like 5, 5.30. And for some reason, I'll be looking at them and I would be like, they're mad. Why are they out at this early in the morning? What are they doing? But I'm looking at them at the same time like they're mad. But at the same time, I'm jealous of them because I couldn't, I wasn't allowed or wasn't able to run as much as I could at that particular time. So now that I had the opportunity to do it, I decided to do it. Plus, because I needed to fit everything in plus with work and everything else was going on in my life. So that's the time I chose to do it. So that was like, you know, the main kind of one of the main drivers for it. But there was a period where I was just two weeks or so, I was kind of getting a little bit depressed because I guess it was because I wasn't getting enough sleep and then work was getting a bit stressful and stuff like that. And I remember doing a run home and I was like really, really, really getting grumpy. And I remember like putting some Instagram stories kind of, okay, I'm three miles, I'm not feeling good. Four miles, I'm not feeling good. Five miles, I'm not feeling good. Then I got home and I finished the run. I was like, it's done. And I still don't feel good. I'm getting very depressed right now. And one of my Instagram buddies, she messaged me. Yo, Mr. Random, you've been putting in all this work. You can do this. Don't worry about it. Just tick it off. Tomorrow's another day. And she put in some other comments on there. And I messaged her back and I was like, thank you for it so much. Because that kind of like really helped me. It picked me up as my spirits. And it was like, okay, I've only got a, you know, a week or so left. And then... I'll just do this race and then I can have a bit of rest. <laughs> but that little bit, what she sent, kind of really helped me and kind of changed my mindset a little bit as far as like the last few days to the training. That really helped. I mean, it goes to show that running sub three is a difficult thing. That's why anyone that does it, like could probably relate to what you said, you know, it, it, it comes at some sort of cost. You know, we, we go from the idea of wanting to do it and then reality hits us and then the coaching hits us and we're like, is, is my coach been smoking something drinking something like what is up with this what is this <laughs> i just wanted to like just do a little bit of easy jogging i was expecting this level of intenseness it's so funny to hear that but like ultimately you achieved it and, and it's an amazing thing and you know we spoke about some of the challenges during the race but can you talk about some of the tough parts of the marathon itself and like how you dealt with like doubt during the race yeah so i remember like a couple of days before the marathon itself me and you had a chat and you, you kind of was like um what do you think? And I was like, Marcus, I think I got it in me, but this is how I'm looking at it. And he was like, what do you mean? How are you looking at it? I was like, okay, A goal is just finish. B goal, get anything under 3.05. C goal, get under three hours. And I remember you just turn around and be like, yo, dude, 
we're not having that. I was like, what? He was like, we're not having that. I was like, what do you mean we're not having that? He was like, listen, man, the way you're running, he was like, something really, really bad has to happen for you not to get under three hours. He was like, literally, you'd have to, you know, go to the bathroom, have an ice cream. You know, the wheels on the bus would have to fall off. And I was like, what do you mean the wheels on the bus? He was like, yes, the wheels on the bus have to fall off. He was like, there's, you said to me, there's no question in my mind from what I've looked at and how you've been training that you will get under three hours. There's no way, or, you know, you will not get under three hours. So I remember I, I was running the race now and I kind of started out with a few few friends of mine. Um, but it's funny that I shot that the A and B goal. I was just like, it's like A goal, mate, is this sub three? And that's it. We're yeah. not coming for not coming for like B goals because we you're going to give yourself an option, and I don't usually give yourself the option for the easy way out. I've, I've done it myself, and we always take it when we, when times get rough. Like, yeah, you just you just kind of completely just shut it down, like shut it up. Nope, 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 no. Nope. I'm like I'm like damn. But anyway, so I'm, I'm there running, I'm running, and then I started out with a few of my friends, and you know, went at a nice good pace just to get into the race and stuff like that, and then I just started speeding up. Oh, there was a part where I was running with Mario Brother, Super Mario. So everybody was shouting at him, going, go Mario, go Mario. And I got to a point where I got to like a bit after half and I was still running behind Mario. And I started thinking like, okay, when they shouting his name, they actually shouting my name instead. But we got further down, I got further down into the race now. And I think probably like maybe 18, 19 miles when everything starts falling apart. And all I kept thinking of was this nursery rhyme song. One, it was like Marcus going, we don't have any other goals but getting on three. And if the wheels fall off the bus, that's the only way you're not going to make it. So in my head, I kept hearing the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. And I kept hearing that. And I kept thinking that I'm like, the wheels are not going to fall off this explicit bus. You can fill in the blank. But that's what I kept thinking. I kept saying, it's not going to fall off today. It's not going to fall off today. It's not going to fall off today. And that's all I kept thinking for the last couple of miles. And the thing about it too, what kind of helped was, Everybody goes through, I'm assuming, is you get to a certain point where people are just stopping in front of you. They're walking and all that sort of stuff. And my head was saying, I want to stop. And another part of my head was saying, the wheels are not going to fall off this bus, so you need to keep going. And another part of my head was saying, if you stop and you miss getting under sub three by a little bit, Marcus is going to be peed off and you're going to be really peed off. So I just kept on going, but it was like, okay, I kept seeing people stopping left, right, and center. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to stop. My legs want to stop. My head wants to stop, but I need to keep going because I'm going to be upset if I don't get under this three hours. And I've got a good chance of getting it. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I actually did it until I actually turned the corner to the finish line. And I looked up and I kind of calculated in my head that I potentially could have done it. But it wasn't until I actually pressed my Garmin and I finished the, the um, past the finish line where my Garmin actually said, oh, I did two, 250 something. And I was like, oh, okay, I did it. Yes. <laughs> and I remember as I crossed the finish line, I actually got across the line and I stopped. And when I started the race and leading up to the race, my hamstring was bothering me on my right side and I didn't really say anything to Marcus. So I was running, like, basically nursing it for the, the, like, the last couple of months and the last couple of miles. But when I crossed the finish line, the um, left hamstring decided to grab and I kind of like wobbled and the lady grabbed me. She's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just need to sit down. <laughs> I think it was a bit of a relief that I got across at that point. <laughs> it's so funny listening back to your story. And I think for context, uh, some people might think I'm some sort of like <laughs> some Goggins type, like beast in mode. But the thing is like from my own experience of doing races before, 
when I've given myself an A, B, C option, it's always been a way out. And the thing with the marathon is it's it's going to hurt. At some point, it's going to expose you and where you're going to fall when you when that, when that happens. So for me, it's, I'd rather commit to something, your battle that you went through is the same for some of the other people. You know, you get to that point and it's, you want to stop. And like if you if you say to yourself, oh, do you know what? I, if I could have slowed down, I could I could do three or something at all, which is a bad thing. Or I could do a BQ or do you know what I mean? Then that becomes an option, and then you just drift. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And you don't want to do that as a competitor, as a runner. You you want to like um, see what you you can do on that day. And I think just like hearing that it was amazing. And also, I didn't sing you that nursery rhyme either, but no. it was amazing how you came into it. <laughs> no, I think you know what I think when I think back at it, at it, I think that conversation and the that challenging week that I mentioned before, what I, I think were the keys to me getting under that the three hours and kind of like helped me become a little bit mentally more stronger for that particular race itself. I think those were the key things. It was one because I was like, all right, I'm not going to allow you to kind of like not when I say allow you, I was like. I'm not going to let this week's workouts affect me. And then I, the idea when you had, when you actually literally turned around to me, and was like, no, dude, this is not a good idea. We have one goal. This is what we did train for, for about nine months or so. And this is going to be the only result that we get. That's it. Not the end of discussion. And and I didn't take it like a, a, in, a, in a bad way or a negative way. I actually was like, yeah, he's right there. I don't need to be thinking about anything else. I need to just kind of think that I'm going to get under three hours. And that's, it so that's kind of like what was it and then like like i said before like the wheels on the bus i don't know why that popped into my head but i, I could hear like it was going it was like i could hear my, my 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 daughter singing it too going the wheels on the bus go right and it was like going through especially when i got down the um the embankment the last couple you know miles or so like that was literally playing in my head going the wheels and that's when i felt i was actually going backwards and then when i looked at like the splits and everything like that and my heart rate the heart rate was right where it needed to be, but I was actually shuffling along a lot quicker than I thought I was. So, yeah. I mean, I think you did an incredible job. When you crossed that finish line and you reflected back on the race itself, like what were the lessons that you learned from the race? What were your highs and what were your lows from that experience? I think some of the lows was in some places I felt like I was so alone and vulnerable. I think I've heard other people talk about running the marathon and, and their experiences running like long distance races, like ultras. And there's a place where you kind of like, you feel alone and you feel very vulnerable and just like empty and stuff like that. And I think there was two parts of it where um, a friend of mine who happened to be on the course and he works in one of the, uh, in a running shop that I go and get most of my running shoes from, he shouted me out. And then there was another guy on Instagram that I, I follow and he follows me. He kind of like said, your mile is your mile. And I knew that it was him. I couldn't really see him, but I knew it was him. And and that kind of like helped me get through it when I was like in a, in a dark, dark place. The good experiences was just kind of like how I felt like I got mentally stronger through the race. Like, just like I was just talking about, you know, I didn't quit on myself. I kept the goal in insight and I kind of you know even though everything else was feeling really bad the body was feeling tight and everything like that I was able to like nurse myself to the finish line and even when I say that nurse myself over the last couple of weeks of the like the training block itself because you know I, I did have a little bit of like a hamstring problem I, I felt so I kind of needed to baby that a little bit and you know I just kind of I remember on the day of the race at the starting line I was just saying to myself like okay body just hold together for another like two and something hours 
and that's all I was asking for. And it, it, it did. And it kind of, like, you know, proved that I could push it a little bit further. So, you know, once again, it was a little bit of a surprise for me being able to do that, considering it's like the third time I've did that distance. And also, people seem to think that what don't know me outside of running or what I kind of dibble and dabble on Instagram, they kind of think that I'm a very um, introverted person. And actually, um, I'm probably a little bit more um, extroverted when I kind of talk about sports and running and stuff like that. When I'm in like, you know, normal life, I'm a bit more laid back and stuff like that. But when it comes about like anything to do with sports, I get really passionate and excited. And like, I love talking about it and stuff like that. So it was kind of, you know, good for me to show some other people that kind of that know me but don't know me like as the extroverted person was kind of like you know like like it's like is passionate about something um and I, I think a lot of people saw a little bit more passion um because i was really kind of getting immersed in trying to uh you know get under the three hours and more involved in in, in running so like one of the things for me like over the next couple of years is i want to kind of you know meet more people as far as um people that I've kind of connected with on Instagram and stuff like that. We're living in the local area and living in London and farther adrift, you know, just to kind of, you know, bond with uh, um, just other runners. And I think that comes because of the fact that um, a lot of my adult life that I lived on the other side of the pond. So a lot of my childhood friends are on the other side of the pond. And, you know, the majority of the friends that I've made, you know, since returning back to the UK has been through running or, you know, literally has been through running. And then even relearning the city of London, how to get around it was me running around it because um, I didn't know how to get around. And I felt, you know, running was a way of releasing stress and kind of like, you know, re-acclimated to the city that I grew up in that I, you know, left when I was in my teens and moved back when I was, you know, kind of close to middle age. So, yeah. That that's really so interesting to hear that all and like uh, it's really like you've painted a picture of, you know, just uh, like how it all comes together and, and, and I think there's so much in that that I, I wanna to touch upon and but one thing that is, is really interested in I think it really ties in nicely to what you said about moving it forward is, you know, when you start this goal of wanting to break three because, you know, similar to me, you have this idea like it's a quote unquote good time for runners and then you achieve it. Then what does it mean to you afterwards? Like, what does like the next goal mean to you? I mean, what what does sub three mean to you after achieving it, as opposed to when you setting it out to to achieve it? I mean, like personally, it's, it's a great achievement. Like, I never thought I would. Like I said, I never thought I would get under like three hours. I never thought about really kind of attempting to run a marathon. So to do that is great. I mean, yes, I would like to push to get a little bit quicker. If it happens, it happens. If it it doesn't it doesn't i'm fine i'm fine with that i think the thing for me is and what i enjoy about running at least you know f- from my perspective is the fact that you know when i've worked in certain jobs um it didn't feel like i was actually working it felt like i was having fun and i met a lot of people doing that and that was like one encouraging people to actually start running and enjoying it um and even if you know they've never ran before just kind of like encouraging them to do like a couple of hundred meters that's fine you don't have to do it quickly right? and that's where i've come came up with the the, the saying your mile is your mile because i remember when i went to um my friend's um running shop where he works at 
and a lady came in to the store and she wanted some shoes and we was talking and she just said, oh, I'm getting these shoes and I'm going to do some running, but I, I don't run as quick as you guys. And I looked at her, I'm like, man, listen, <laughs> just the fact that you're, you're going to, you know, run a couple of hundred meters or whatever it is, that's cool. Be happy with that. I was like, you know, if you run a mile and I run it a little bit quicker, so <laughs> your mile is your mile. You got to make the most out of it, and it's it's for you to decide to do it. And it's you know how fast or how slow is up to you. Nobody has to you know you don't have to care about anybody else. It's about all about what you want to do and how you want to do it, and how, what your accomplishment accomplishment is when you've finished it and how you feel when you finished it. And that's what it's all about. So that's kind of where I came up with that. Your mile is your mile kind of thing. Cause it's all about like how you see yourself and how you want to like feel about yourself and nobody else can make you feel any way better or worse except for yourself. I think that's the cool thing about that is that that's always been a part of your your mindset even before doing the sub three so it's kind of strengthened and just kind of move forward and it's going to be really exciting to sort of see you just explore that in, in other areas and also with your own running as well i think there's so much we could speak about in, in in this conversation so i think we're going to definitely have to do a part two where can people follow your journey and how can they uh, follow you online currently I'm, I'm mostly i dibble and dabble on, on instagram so it's um mr underscore random 73 and that's where you can kind of really follow me on Sam, it's been a pleasure talking with you on the podcast. Thanks for being a guest on the Runners Life podcast. Uh, no problem, man. And I would like to just say quickly, um, I really appreciate all the you know the time you've taken, kind of like helping me to achieve one of my um, goals and actually um, helping me fulfill one of my dreams. Well, um, um, but getting under the three hours and um, yeah, and I really appreciate all the work that you you've put in and the time that you spent, kind of like chatting with me and kind of like just kind of. Like, helping me realize like I can do something that I didn't think I could do. So I want to just say kind of really thank you for that. And um, yeah, I, I think the, um, I look forward to kind of what we do as a team next. That'll be like interesting to see. No, thank you. I appreciate that. And that, it means a lot. And funny enough, actually something I was reflecting on post race was because although this wasn't my first sub three marathon, as a Londoner, this was my first sub three London marathon. And last year, I ran, what, 306. I was like, really? <laughs> like, how close do I need to be? And I think sometimes some things happen for a reason in the sense of, like, working with you, helping you to get to your goal. And it all worked perfectly. And to be honest, I'd rather have had this as my first sub three with you getting your sub three in London as opposed to it being my second or anything like that. So it's weird when I look back and now I can join the dots and be like, do you know what? This happened at the right time, whereas before I couldn't see it. So, no, thank you as well. Yeah. I would say you're a madman for running two marathons in, in two weeks. <laughs> if you if you send that to me as a, like like uh, okay we're gonna do this and then next week this is your your next week's training plan um recover for a couple of days and then go off and do another one I'm like man listen <laughs> yes there's no response yeah, yeah. No, no definitely not to honest no, but uh, jokes aside man it, no, thank you for for chatting with me on Runner's Life all right thanks man appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Runner's Life podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please do subscribe to be notified of new episodes. If something resonates with you, please let me know and share online. Also, 
you could do me a massive favor by leaving your review on the podcast platform which you selected as it helps the podcast grow your support helps make this podcast possible if you've got any questions please do get in touch with me on my instagram page at marcus underscore runs your time is valuable thank you again for sharing your time with me